Sithis had promptly ordered Miritelicina back to prison, and his guard had disrupted the gathering with crisp efficiency. Several females had been wounded, one fatally. At the same time, one of the heavily laden rivercraft had overturned, drowning several newly recruited elves. All in all, these were bad omens. At least, the speaker realized, the outbreak of war had driven the last humans from the city. The pathetic refugees of the Troubles on the Plains, many with elven spouses, had marched back to their homelands. Those who could fight had joined the Wildrunners, the army of Sylvanost, centered around the members of the House Protectorate. The others had taken shelter in the great fortress of Sithelbeck. Ironic, thought Sithas, that humans married to elves should be sheltered in an elven fortress safe against the onslaught of human armies. Still, in every other way, the city that Sithis loved seemed to be slipping further and further from his control. His gaze lingered to the west, rising to the horizon, and he wished he could see beyond. Kithkanan was there somewhere under this same star-studded sky. His twin brother might even be looking eastward at this moment. At least, Sithis wanted to believe that he felt some contact. For a moment... Sithis found himself wishing that his father still lived. How he missed Sithel's wisdom, his steady counsel and firm guidance. Had his father ever known these doubts, these insecurities? The idea seemed impossible to the son. Sithel had been a pillar of strength and conviction. He would not have wavered in his pursuit of this war, in the protection of the elven nation against outside corruption. The purity of the elven race was a gift of the gods, with its longevity and its serene majesty. Now that purity was threatened, by human blood to be sure, but also by ideas of intermingling, trade, artisanship, and social tolerance, the nation faced a very crucial time indeed. In the West, he knew, elves and humans had begun to intermarry with disturbing frequency, giving birth to a whole bastard race of half-elves. By all the gods, it was an abomination, an affront to the heavens themselves. Sithis felt his face flush and his hands clenched. If he had worn a sword, he would have seized it then, so powerfully did the urge to fight come over him. The elves must prevail, they would prevail. Again he felt his distance from the conflict, and it loomed as a yawning chasm of frustration before him. As yet, they had received no word of battle, although he knew that nearly a month earlier the great invasion had begun. His brother had reported three great human columns, all moving purposefully into the plainslands. Sithis wanted to go and fight himself, to lend his strength to winning the war, and it was all he could do to hold himself back. Inevitably, his sense of reason prevailed. At times, the war seemed so far away, so unreachable, Yet other times he found it beside him, here in Sylvanost, in his palace, in his thoughts, in his very bedroom. In his bedroom, Sithis gave a rueful smile and shook his head in wonder. He thought of Hermathia, how months earlier his feelings for her had approached loathing. Yet, with the coming of war, a change had come over his wife as well. Now she supported him as never before, standing beside him every day against the complaints and pettiness of his people, and lying beside him every night as well. He heard, or perhaps he felt, the soft rustle of silk, and then she was beside him. He breathed a deep sigh, a 
a sound of contentment and satisfaction. The two of them stood alone, six hundred feet above the city, atop the Tower of the Stars, beneath the brilliant light shower of its namesake.